Captain Vector's log, Stardate 76174.9. Another long, hard week on the bridge of the USS Technological, but with an airing of another episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, it's time for Captain Shoff and I to enjoy ourselves. Nothing like a brand new episode of Trek and a podcast to unwind. After all, you know what they say, all work and no play makes us dull captains. TGIT, thank God, it's Trek! It's time, it's time for another episode of Treknological, a Star Trek shakedown, a short form podcast hosted by two hardworking dads who love to talk Trek. I'm Captain Vactor, and with me each and every week, side by side, unless he's uh, having the birth of another baby, uh, in our co-captain's chair on the bridge of the USS Treknological, it is Pike's Peak himself, Captain Shaw. How are you, Captain Shaw? Ooh. Ooh, no more babies. No more babies. <laughs> <laughs> two. Two is the limit. <laughs> two. Two. All right. So That's a little callback. Previous episode. Unless we're going to replicate another baby, Captain Shoff's family is complete. But <laughs> each week on this podcast, we're going to be traveling to a new planet to seek out new Trek news, as well as boldly going through our thoughts on each episode of the current Star Trek show we are talking about, which is Star Trek Lower Decks. Ooh, All right. look at our new shirts. Mm. Yeah. We are Ritos. And I have to thank Captain Shaw for purchasing this shirt for me. Thank you, Captain Shaw. Hey, you're welcome. You know, you got to take advantage of those Star Trek Day discounts, though. A hundred percent. And I actually bought my wife and little baby Trek gear as well. So I decked them out. Decked in Trek. And uh, and thank you, Captain Vactor, for this awesome Ooh. shirt i'm really excited it's got all the ships on it it's got all the enterprises voyager deep space nine uh discovery i'm excited to wear this i love blue blue's my favorite color yes so this is gonna be a dope shirt and by the way these shirts are comfy right oh these yeah shirts, like the material is nice and soft yep and these were the daddy like uh you're welcome Shaw. these were purchased directly from star trek.com that's so, right before, not a sponsor <laughs> hopefully <laughs> maybe one day um but Shaw. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Let's set a course for the nearest planet, Maximum Warp. Aye, sir. Course laid in. Out there. That away. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kevin <laughs> Shaw. Let's scan the planet's surface for any sign of Trek news. I found some Trek news, Captain Vector. Thank you very much, Captain Shaw. Please transmit those news articles to our show notes for our listeners. All right. Let's continue our weekly mission with our episode discussion of Star Trek Lower Decks. This episode is Season 3, Episode 4, Room for Growth, which first aired on September 15, 2022, directed by Jason Zurich and John Cochran. And we want to give right away, red alert, red alert. <laughs> red alert. Red alert. All right. Enough with the red alerts. 
I want to say, if you have not watched Star Trek Lower Decks and you don't want to be spoiled on Season 3, Episode 4, Room for Growth, pause the podcast now and come back when you're all caught up. All right, cool. Everybody's caught up. Let's get right into it. The synopsis for this episode, Shaw. Mariner, yes. Boimler, and Tendi clash with their arch rivals, Delta Shift. The Cerritos Delta. engineers go on mandatory relaxation leave. So this was, we're, we're nearing the, the halfway point for the season. Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts so far on the season, Shaw? So, um, full disclosure, I don't think this is a very strong season. Ooh. I uh, and maybe that's some harsh words, but to me, it feels really with a lack of direction. Mm. Like it's almost like they're not even holding themselves to much of what they promised mm. for their characters. Like Tendi's supposed to be off, you know, pursuing her science officer stuff, but we've really only seen one episode involving that. Right. Um, Boimler's supposed to be super bold, which we saw a little bit of that in this, but not much. Mariner uh, is kind of supposed to be like more appreciative of structure and rules and maybe even exploring a relationship with her Andorian girlfriend. We don't see much of any of that in this episode. And then the whole dynamic of Rutherford and the rest of the Lower Deckers, he's regularly kind of taken from that group Mm. and always put in these engineering scenarios. So he's almost never it's never uh, an episode featuring all four together and that's where it's really strong yeah is when all four of them are together but he's off doing his own thing and so uh, the 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 plot point of like uh, pursuing uh maybe the lesser known memories that are in the back of his implant like uh, some mysteries surrounding that like we didn't get anything about that this episode or anything you know so i just feel like this episode being that it's like leading into the halfway point of the season not great not great. And it didn't, it just didn't propel the characters in any way, shape or form. It was very stagnant in terms of their overall like dynamic growth. Mm. So I didn't love this episode. I didn't hate it. I found, I definitely found myself laughing a little <laughs> bit, but all in all, I've kind of felt it was really, really middle of the road. Mm. Yeah. I'm along the same lines with you. I'm enjoying the season, but I'm not loving the season. And it's really, I think a lot of the background season one and two did a lot of the heavy lifting. And as I'm watching season three, I've got that, you know, I'm carrying that baggage with me from, oh yeah, season one and two, I built a love for these characters and for this ship. And so season three, it's kind of like skating or coasting on that goodwill or that momentum that they had. But as far as pushing it forward so far, you know, we're four episodes in, but there hasn't been one that's been outstanding to me that's knocked it out of the park so to speak so yeah yeah i think this one is is right along those lines of another yeah it was good but not great now um as we'll talk about sort of like the plot points of the episode uh this whole aspect of dealing with their arch rivals now obviously i watched all these episodes kind of quickly in preparation for season three, like as far as my like binging of the show to get ready for us talking about it. But I don't remember Delta shift being in previous episodes. Yeah. I don't either. Now have we seen them? Like I know we've, they've made, I know Mariner has talked about them 
maybe briefly in passing, very throwaway comments. She talks super fast <laughs> all the time. So it's like, it's easy to miss things that she says. Right. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like it's weird to set up an, an arch call that mm-hmm. like an arch rivalry right. when this might be the first time we've seen them and they've been on the ship this entire time. So to right. me, like in order to, I guess, feel sold on this rivalry, we should have had a lot more interactions with them. Yeah. Yeah. They need I'm, to be a regular thorn in their side for it to be a rivalry. To me, it's just like, okay, they're on different shifts. What? So what? They they were totally forgettable characters. There was nothing interesting about any of the Delta uh, shifters. So that, that kind of just didn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, just doing a little bit of research, apparently Delta shift was mentioned um, in season one, episode three. Uh, Mariner says, there's no way the captain noticed that we were padding stuff out. Somebody ratted. I bet it was Delta Shift. And Tendy's like, Delta Shift is the worst. They think they're so much <laughs> better than us because they're so much yeah, better see, than so us. Yeah, so there we go. Like, So if, if we hear about it, that's one thing. But we haven't seen them before, and now it's season three. And there's that's a huge gap to mention them in the beginning part of season one and then not again. <laughs> right. I had completely forgot about it. I remember that yeah, quote so now, but... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I feel like... That's just a missed opportunity. Like they could have maybe been a thorn in their side a little bit more frequently so that this would, this episode definitely would have had a whole lot more, um, I don't know, an entertainment level mm-hmm. because who doesn't love a good rivalry? Right. And but I really, to create one. Yeah. Right. I and I really liked the cold open of the captain being taken over by the, that relic uh, the Darcy archive. Yeah. Um, I liked that. Manuki. Whole, yeah. <laughs> Which her saying Manuki made me laugh every time. Um, but <laughs> from that cold open after that, I think it kind of went down uh, the two plot lines of a trying to, you know, get on the relaxation um, for the, the main crew. And then the lower deckers with the Delta squad uh, or Delta shift rivalry. Neither one of them really, were fantastic for me uh, after, like I said, after that cold open, it just kind of, kind of just downshifted from there. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. did you prefer either one of those storylines? Did you like the Delta better than the other one? Um, sometimes I feel like the lower deck, like writers just choose to do things with the characters that are, completely like insane (laughs) and and i guess my my that's kind of one of my gripes with this show is it almost goes a little too far like Mm. i know it's a cartoon but there's no way these antics could exist in a non-cartoon version (laughs) of lower decks which is gonna be interesting for that live action crossover we're getting yeah yeah it you could never bring this into a live action situation without losing some of the the um, risque mm-hmm. uh, quality of this show. Right. Like it's, it's definitely a pretty raw <laughs> and uh, I just, I think that because of that with the two scenarios, like having the engineers be so obnoxious to their captain, that just didn't make sense to me. Like what, if, if you're respecting your captain and, you know, you're really falling in line with like Starfleet, like protocol, then if your captain is like, go, go relax, you're going to go relax. Like you're not going to spend the entire episode being punks about it and secretly 
repairing stuff. Right. So th- that didn't really work for me as well. Um, it was funny, but it didn't <laughs> really work for me. Uh, I love any episode with, um, with Billups. Uh, <laughs> Paul Shear is yeah. so funny to me. So I'm so glad that he's so frequently featured. Uh, make him a series regular at this point. Come on guys, yeah, make really. him a series regular. Um, but as far as the two plot lines, I think probably the ship plot line was more interesting to me. Uh, getting to see different aspects of the ship, the deflector dish right. area where they were like anti-grav boy and stuff. Like that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was my favorite part as well. Um, seeing the <laughs> the lower, lower decks and uh, things that we hadn't seen before on the Cerritos. All those things were, were definitely cool. Um, the, I think this episode in particular, they all have a lot of Easter eggs, but this one in particular had a ton of great callbacks and references to Trek. Oh, yeah. And uh, Captain Shaw has provided a great article uh, that has a nice breakdown of all the different uh, past Trek Easter eggs and and references. So definitely check that out in our show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes uh, as well for our listeners to, uh, if you want to kind of dig into the episode and find some stuff. One thing that stood out to me was uh, when they're going through like the bowels of the ship and... Uh, they're in like the swampy area, which is basically like where the plants and stuff are. It's like the plant room, basically. But uh-huh. um, there's lots of vines and things. There's a <laughs> that alien race. I think it was from season two that kept replicating yeah. whenever it got uh, uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah, the duplers. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a skeleton dupler in the plant room, like stuck behind like reeds and stuff. I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> one of great. them never made it off the ship. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, callback and writing and um, just the reverence for the source material and your fans and and watchers, something that is rewarding to them, uh, which we've talked about before on this podcast. Lower decks always rewards you for being a Trek fan and knowing your lore. So that is great. I was always enjoy oh, that yeah. as well. Um, um, this episode also featured not one, but two lower deckers in their bra and panties. And I was not upset about that. <laughs> so. Yeah. We're going to have another TikTok with Shaw. I, up. <laughs> while, while I record, well, yeah, while I was watching, I was like, Oh man, I might have to bring this back again. Another Dude. thirst trap. <laughs> <laughs> we actually just got a comment on our YouTube, which if you haven't checked it out, definitely check out our YouTube shorts that Captain Schaff is putting up. Uh, we got a comment on that thirst trap talking about Tindy. So if you, dear listener uh, or dear watcher, if you're watching this, um, always leave a comment and let us know who you're thirsting over um, on Lower Decks <laughs> or in just Trek in general. Uh, we will always enjoy hearing your comments. Um was any any standout quotes to you, Shaw, this week? Oh, yeah. You know what? There were a couple. Um, there was one that happened around, right around the three-minute mark. Um, this is when uh, Ca- uh, Captain Freeman is talking with uh, Billups and Rutherford and basically saying, like, uh, actually, I don't think it's just Billups, but Sh- uh, Shax is in there. Yeah. And he's like, she's telling him how he's too stressed and they need to go and they need to relax and they've been working too hard and it's time to take a break. And Phillips is like, no, 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 I don't want to break. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then she says, well, Dr. Ta'ana raised some concerns, Lieutenant commander. Her medical opinion is that you are quote, an effing pile (laughs) 
of stress. <laughs> <laughs> and every time they cuss on this show, I always laugh because and it's bleeped, which is fantastic because I think sometimes bleeps are funnier. Right. Yes. than saying the word, 100%. especially on a cartoon for a show that is in the Star Trek universe that is, we don't, people don't cuss. Mm-hmm. Like it's very rare that you hear any kind of um, uh, curse words in, in Star Trek. Um, and when it happens, it's for dramatic effect and it's always funny. Um, like in uh, uh, Star Trek Voyage Home, uh, uh, the fourth film, he's like, well, double dumbass on you. You know, like it's like a funny moment because it's like totally out of context. And, it, and it's so jarring because you don't expect to hear it. So I love that with with Lower Decks. Um, and then the other one that worked for me really well was around the seven minute, 45 second mark. Um, they walk into the holodeck that's running and Dr. Ta'ana and uh, and Shax are in there. They don't know that yet, but it's like a, a bank simulation and it's, it ends up being like a, a bank burglary, yeah, like heist. robbery heist thing. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out where they are. And Boimler's like, oh, I know what this is. I think this is what people used to use to store their money. It's called a bonk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just laughed. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's so funny. That Which part? makes perfect sense why they would it would be such a foreign concept because they've abolished all money in the right. 24th century. So um that part, so, yeah. and then Mariner right after that, kind of describing it like, oh, oh this yeah. piece of paper that have no intrinsic value? Money. <laughs> that also made me laugh. Both of those. Yeah, yeah. Those very good. Very clever. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was great. Um, any, anything else to get, stand out to you as far as like quotes or stuff during the episode? No, I think the um, the deflector dish scene was my like most memorable moment. And we talked about that before, but seeing the inside of it and um, Boimler flying around, that was very interesting. And then the, the Shaw thirst trap as, Oh, actually, you know what? Another thing I just thought of the hallucinating scene where they started like tripping out that, that (laughs) scene made me laugh of them. That was so funny. Tendy turned into like a butterfly and, (laughs) And I liked the part where Tendi was like, sorry, I had to break you out of your egg. <laughs> so warm <laughs> or, and, in there. and she's like, and you could see like Mariner's like about to cry. She's like, it was so warm in there. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> but her lip is quivering. I was, I, I laughed. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty <laughs> funny. Yeah. Like that's, that's like a little nuance. Like right. that's not something that is like easily pick up a bull, but the fact that she did it like, like, oh, my God, it just sold the scene even yeah. more. So very, very, very funny. That was cool. Um, I was reading, and this episode is partially inspired by Mike McMahon, the showrunner's uh, personal experience in college when they would do, um, like, basically, like, wherever, like, they were sleeping that... Why am I blinking on the word I'm trying to think of? But they would do like bids on who got what room. Oh, um, like a dorm for, dorm room. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Dorm bids. Yeah. And uh, and so he was like, it's partially about that and how they would do lotteries and everyone would lose their minds over it. And so he was like, I want to bring this into Star Trek. But also um, it's heavily inspired by the movie Stand By Me, which is a Rob Reiner movie from 1986. And it's actually based on a Stephen King novella. Um, but uh, ironically enough, Will Wheaton, yes, I just said his name wrong. <laughs> Wheaton uh, and Jerry O'Connell are both in Stand by Me, and Jerry O'Connell voices Ransom on Lower Decks, and Will Wheaton, of course, is a god in the Star Trek universe at this point. Um, so I thought that was kind of ironic. But the point of of the connection to Stand by Me is that the movie is more about the journey than the destination. Mm. 
And this episode is more about the journey than the destination. Obviously, where they end up and where they go doesn't matter as much because it's really about the adventures they had along the way, the friendships that were that were bol- bolstered and and boosted in the process. So, so yeah. Now, here, my main issue with this episode is that it kind of shows a, a bit of a. I don't know any other way to say this. Uh, a say dickish so. side of Lower Deckers mm. that they're so like Pity. like the rivalry we haven't really seen on screen. So the fact that they have it out for Delta Shift without really knowing what Delta Shift has done in turn right. kind of makes them out to be not so nice. Mm. And the fact that by the end, they're not even thinking about like the friendship of moving ever all the, the beds into the same big dorm like now they're thinking of let's have let's let's make delta shifters get stuck with the room so Mm. that they have to separate yeah so it's like the entire episode they're they're being vindictive and and sticking it to them and pity celebrating that and i'm just like that's not really very redeeming qualities for your protagonists in your story so uh i just don't know what their plan is with these lower deckers like is the point to keep them in the lower deck, like to keep them making bad decisions, to keep them not, you know, um, trying to do better and be better. Like, right. I don't, I, I just don't know. Not move up on the ladder of their yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. Field. I, I think mean, we're is. three seasons in and they've, they either had a promotion and bucked it or they've never had a promotion yet. So, right. and I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot as far as naming it lower decks, because yeah, we have to stay in the lower decks. If they get promoted, then they'll be in the other timeline. They'll be in the other plot line of, Oh, that's the a plot. We're only going to focus on the B plot. Right. Like, right. So I think that is kind of a interesting conundrum, but being animated and being a little bit more wacky and, um, hijinks, I think they can get away with it, but how many seasons? I don't know. We've already got approved for another season of lower decks, but will four be the last? I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I I like the show. I but I feel like it's it needs to have a little bit more of an overarching story. I understand that's it's episodic, but right. it does it does have an overarching you know story mm-hmm. for character development. But if you don't if you don't like make sure your characters are doing that actively in each of these episodes, then you're kind of losing the steam that you create. So right. that's kind of where I'm at. Excellent. But anyways, uh, overall, I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah, same with me, Shaf. So we'll continue. But how about you, dear listener or dear watcher? What did you think about this episode of Lower Ducks? Lower Decks? Let us know in the comments on YouTube. Or you can also send us a voicemail. I don't think we talk about the voicemail enough features, Shaf, on Anchor. It's true. Um, you can always leave us a voicemail. We will play it on the show. So definitely check that out. But guess what? It is now time, as we have completed our mission recap let's talk about this is our new favorite segment boldly dadding (laughs) in the universe of mr i should say captain shoff and captain vector we like to talk about what we've learned this week or something that happened in our lives both being busy dads there's always some type of hijinks that are happening so shoff what happened this week on your (laughs) with your crew with my crew. Yes, that's right. They're my crew. <laughs> my cadets. Um, so uh, uh, it kind of came to me that I haven't been doing a really great job with my own health. Um, it is a realization and I'm, I'm slowly coming to it. I'm honestly, I'm very 
my like just block of wood up there. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I want to be better and I definitely want to be healthier and I want to make healthier choices and decisions. I'm just, I don't put myself first in, in any capacity. I, I put myself dead last a lot of times. And, you know, when it comes to my family, I, I, I would do it in a heartbeat, but it's kind of like a catch 22. Like you want to put your family first, but if you don't put yourself first, you're not going to be there for your family. Right. Um, and you know, Vactor mentioned to me uh, earlier in the week over discord, it was like, you got to put that oxygen mask on you first before you put it on your kids, the person sitting next to you. So, you know, that, that definitely inspired me. Um, cause it is, you know, you're, su- you're super right. Uh, so a few things I've done, I bought some, uh, rollerblades. I used to love Ooh, rollerblading. So I'm nice. going to get back into rollerblading, nice. uh, get out, get outside, enjoy nice. the cooler weather. We moved here to Washington to have, um, these cooler temps and I've been stuck inside working. So I need to get out of, out of the house more. Uh, so that's one thing. Um, very nice. We restarted green, Sh- green chef. So, uh-huh. you know, I've been uh, cooking a lot and making a lot of really delicious, healthy meals. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't a hundred percent commit to this, but we definitely try vegetarian, vegan, mm. um, uh, cooking cuisines as, as much as possible. I rarely order any, uh, green chef meals with meat anymore. So, um, so that's been really great. And, um, and I'm going to start up a a subscription with a place called crunch fitness, uh, which is really close to the house, less than 10 minutes away. It's kind of like a U fit or a planet fitness. Um, one of those ones, it's like 10 bucks a month. So it's like not, not expensive or, uh, difficult to afford, um, which is more my style because <laughs> I don't need all the bells and whistles. Right. I just need, <clears throat> you know, some equipment to get to and that for people to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so for me, my boldly dadding like shaft moment, is just like to recognize that I need to be doing things so that I am a healthy dad and can be present for my children as they continue to grow up and become parents of their own children. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, uh, my dad as well, um, this week he has gotten back into focusing on his health and, uh, and so he's been doing a lot of, um, walking around lakes nearby his house and, uh, cycling, which I've think, I don't think I've ever seen him on a bike before in my life. So, so that's good for my dad to be doing that. So he's inspiring me to can, you know, to be focusing on me as well. So if I could offer any advice to dads out there, it's, uh, it's, you know, put yourself on a higher level so that you can be more present and, and available and healthy for your kids. Excellent. That's a great message, Shaf. Um, Thank you. And this week, I was thinking about the differences between generations and mm. the way that my dad was raised, let's say the way his dad was raised, and then now how I'm raising my son, how I was raised. And... It, the reason this came up in, in my life, or the reason it came up in my mind is I was at my in-law's house, and my wife's father, um, or actually her stepdad, was talking about changing diapers and how he had three children, and he said he had never changed a diaper before. And whoa, me, growing up, like, I didn't think of, oh, the only the wife does the duties. I, I thought it was equal. And then now that's how I'm living with my wife. We have equal duties around the house. 
And especially with... You said duty. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with the baby, with our son, um, we change diapers, just whoever's nearest, you know, needs his diaper change. And I never even thought, oh, I will only give that duty to her. And I think it has a lot to do with the way that he was raised and the time period. Mm -hmm. And it was just, I think a lot of things were different as far as what is societally acceptable or what is, oh, this is a man's duty. This is a woman's duty. Um, and I, and everyone is individual as well. It has their variations, but I think overall we're growing up in a different time period now, just like when my son hopefully has children, it will be a different time period uh, then as well. And, and maybe he'll have different actions, but just trying to instill into my son as best I can, all of the things that I've learned and taken in with from my environment. And um, I think it's just an interesting lesson to, to learn is not everybody is the same. Not everybody is going to have the same experiences. Mm-hmm. But if you can just take through osmosis or through just as much research as you can, take everything in and then kind of spit it out to your uh, children, kind of what you want them to learn the way you maybe if you wanted to be raised that way or if you want them to live a life that is more meaningful than yours or more um, a better, healthier life, I should say, maybe that's something that you can pass down to them. So that was just my dad moment of the week this past week was the differences in generations and how we are all raised. Yeah. You know what? It's I find that fascinating to to me, too, because I've definitely experienced that as well with Sarah's. um, she has an, an, uh, a lot of her family has, has passed, but she has an an aunt and uncle in in Arizona and they're wonderful, but they were definitely shocked to find out when, like when they first met Emily, uh, my two-year-old, obviously when she was much younger at the time, but when they first met her, they were surprised that I took Emily to go change her diaper. Uh, and I, I heard later after the fact, Sarah was talking to me, she's like, yeah, they were really surprised that you just like volunteered, just like, you know, picked her up, didn't like, you know, didn't ask if you should, or didn't like try to pass her off or anything. Like you just went and I was like, of course I would, (laughs) I would just do it. Like it's kind of dirty diaper. It needs to be changed. But I think about that going forward now, like we're the generation that ends that we, we're, we're breaking that cycle. So our kids will see that our, that we as parents had no issues with that. They will then as well, um, grow up with that. So like we, our generation kicked it to the curb, that like idea of the parental roles, that traditional sense of men don't do any child rearing or care or things like that. Like they're just meant to provide. No, no, we can, we can do the whole spectrum. We just can't feed them. Okay. We can't use (laughs) our our boobies uh, to give them milk. Like, yeah, we can, and we can bottle feed. Sure. But like there's a, there's a limit to what a, a, a dad can do in that physical sense, but what we can't do, we can make up for in other, other, uh, avenues. So I think it's pretty cool that we're the generation that has ended that sense of that traditionalism that doesn't have any place in our society anymore. So, yeah. Well said, Shaf. Well said. Thank you. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this episode of Trek and Logical, but we'd like to thank you, whoever you are for listening to this and every episode of Trek and Logical. Don't forget, you can always share us with your family and friends who love Star Trek and maybe even 
your fellow dads out there, you want to share something, because <laughs> uh, our Boldly Dadding section, we specifically spotlight uh, something that happened to us during the week and how we are dads. Maybe we can give something to you. Maybe we can give you some information or some experience that we've had, and maybe that'll help you out. So definitely feel free to share us with anyone that you know. But feel free to follow us on all of our social media handles. That's Trek No Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And like I said earlier in the show, Shoff is doing a Herculean <laughs> task of putting together all of these great creative ideas for the shorts, whether it's YouTube shorts, uh, TikTok, or Twitter or uh, Instagram reels. Uh, Shoff has been putting some fantastic work into that. So definitely subscribe to us on YouTube and TikTok uh, specifically. Those are our favorite places. But Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, all of those places you can find us yeah. at Treknopod. Uh, don't forget, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, feel free, if you are so kind, leave us a five-star review. That helps us get noticed, just like sharing us does as well. But leaving us a review definitely helps the Apple and Spotify algorithms to say, hey, this is one that people are enjoying, this one they're liking. So we're going to share it out with many as many as we can. So if you would be so kind, we would definitely appreciate it. Next week, we're going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 5 of Star Trek Lower Decks. So be sure to join us then. Hopefully, it will be on an upswing with the momentum yes. and not on a downswing. <laughs> um, but Shaw, I believe our mission of the week is complete. Factor and Shaw here, two to beam up. Live long and prosper. Yeah.